The source of the speeches I use here on the Choice Voice podcast comes from a list of the top 100 American speeches of the 20th century. This list is compiled by researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Texas A&M University, among other places. It reflects the opinions of 137 leading scholars of American public address. My choice of speeches should not be construed to reflect or promote any point of view. They are simply considered great speeches. This is part three of the Checker speech, also known as my side of the story. And I think that what Mr. Stevenson should do is come before the American people as I have. Give the names of the people that have contributed to that fund. Give the names of the people who put this money into their pockets at the same time they were receiving money from their state government and see what favors, if any, they gave out for that. I don't condemn Mr. Stevenson for what he did, but until the facts are in, there is a doubt that will be raised. And as far as Mr. Sparkman is concerned, I would suggest the same thing. He's had his wife on the payroll. I don't condemn him for that, but I think that he should come before the American people and indicate what outside sources of income he has had. I would suggest that under the circumstances, both Mr. Sparkman and Mr. Stevenson should come before the American people as I have and make a complete financial statement as to their financial history. And if they don't, it will be an admission that they have something to hide. And I think that you will agree with me. Because folks, remember, a man that's to be President of the United States, a man that's to be Vice President of the United States, must have the confidence of all the people. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's why I suggest that Mr. Stevenson and Mr. Sparkman, since they are under attack, should do what I'm doing. Now, let me say this. I know that this is not the last of the smears. In spite of my explanation tonight, other smears will be made. Others have been made in the past. And the purpose of the smears, I know, is this. To silence me. To make me let up. Well, they just don't know who they're dealing with. I'm going to tell you this. I remember in the dark days of the Hiss case, some of the same columnists, some of the same radio commentators who are attacking me now and misrepresenting my opinion were violently opposing me at the time I was after Alger Hiss. But I continued the fight because I knew I was right, and I can say to this great television and radio audience that I have no apologies to the American people for my part in putting Alger Hiss where he is today. And as far as this is concerned, I intend to continue the fight. Why do I feel so deeply? Why do I feel that in spite of the smears, the misunderstandings, the necessity for a man to come up here and bear his soul as I have, why is it necessary for me to continue this fight? And I want to tell you why. Because, you see, I love my country. And I think my country is in danger. And I think that the only man that can save America at this time is the man that's running for president on my ticket, Dwight Eisenhower. You say, why do I think it's a danger? And I say, look at the record. Seven years of the Truman-Atchison administration and that's happened? 600 million people lost to the communists and a war in Korea in which we have lost 117,000 American casualties? And I say to all of you that a policy that results in a loss of 600 million people to the communists and a war which costs us 117,000 American casualties isn't good enough for America. And I say that those in the State Department that made the mistakes which caused that war and which resulted in those losses should be kicked out of the State Department just as fast as we can get them out of there. And let me say that I know Mr. Stevenson won't do that because he defends the Truman policy. And I know that Dwight Eisenhower will do that and that he will give America the leadership that it needs. We'll finish reading after this quick break. Now, back to where we left off. Take the problem of corruption. You've read about the mess in Washington. Mr. Stevenson can't clean it up because he was picked by the man, 
Truman, under whose administration the mess was made. You wouldn't trust a man who made the mess to clean it up. That's Truman. And by the same token, you can't trust the man who was picked by the man that made the mess to clean it up. And that's Stevenson. And so I say, Eisenhower, who owes nothing to Truman, nothing to the big city bosses, he is the man that can clean up the mess in Washington. Take communism. I say that as far as that subject is concerned, the danger is great to America. In his case, they got the secrets which enabled them to break the American secret State Department code. They got secrets in the atomic bomb case, which enabled them to get the secret of the atomic bomb five years before they would have gotten it by their own devices. And I say that any man who called the Alger Hiss case a red herring isn't fit to be President of the United States. I say that a man who, like Mr. Stevenson, has poo-pooed and ridiculed the communist threat in the United States, he said they are phantoms among themselves. He's accused us that have attempted to expose the communists of looking for communists in the Bureau of Fisheries and Wildlife. I say that a man who says that isn't qualified to be President of the United States. And I say that the only man who can lead us in this fight to rid the government of both those who are communists and those who have corrupted this government is Eisenhower. Because Eisenhower, you can be sure, recognizes the problem and he knows how to deal with it. Now let me say that finally, this evening I want to read to you just briefly excerpts from a letter which I received. A letter which, after all this is over, no one can take away from us. It reads as follows. Dear Senator Nixon, since I'm only 19 years of age, I can't vote in this presidential election. But believe me, if I could, you and General Eisenhower would certainly get my vote. My husband is in the Fleet Marines in Korea. He's a corpsman on the front lines, and we have a two-month-old son he's never seen. And I feel confident that with great Americans like you and General Eisenhower in the White House, lonely Americans like myself will be united with their loved ones now in Korea. I only pray to God that you won't be too late. Enclosed is a small check to help you in your campaign. Living on $85 a month, it is all I can afford at present, but let me know what else I can do. Folks, it's a check for $10, and it's one I will never cash. And just let me say this. We hear a lot about prosperity these days, but I say, why can't we have prosperity built on peace rather than prosperity built on war? Why can't we have prosperity and an honest government in Washington, D.C. at the same time? Believe me, we can and Eisenhower is the man that can lead this crusade to bring us that kind of prosperity. And now, finally, I know that you wonder whether or not I am going to stay on the Republican ticket or resign. Let me say this. I don't believe that I ought to quit because I'm not a quitter. And incidentally, Pat's not a quitter. After all, her name was Patricia Ryan, and she was born on St. Patrick's Day, and you know the Irish never quit. But the decision, my friends, is not mine. I would do nothing that would harm the possibilities of Dwight Eisenhower to become President of the United States. And for that reason, I am submitting to the Republican National Committee tonight, through this television broadcast, the decision which it is theirs to make. Let them decide whether my position on the ticket will help or hurt, and I am going to ask you to help them decide. Wire and write the Republican National Committee whether you think I should stay on or whether I should get off. And whatever their decision is, I will abide by it. But just let me say this last word. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to continue this fight. I'm going to campaign up and down America until we drive the crooks and the communists and those that defend them out of Washington. And remember, folks, Eisenhower is a great man. Believe me, he's a great man. And a vote for Eisenhower is a vote for what's good for America. For this Choice Voice podcast, the Techno King is John C. Brandy. 
The Seagull Example, Shola Salako, Fact Checker, Abraham Lincoln, French Consultant, Virginia Mitchell, Media Expert, Favor, Abbasi E.K., Psychologist, Sigmund Freud, Rabbit Hole Advisor, Dr. Mark Parent, Sound Designer, Guglielmo Marconi, Spanish Consultant, Cameron J.K. Brandy, Videographer, Alfred Hitchcock, Audio Props Go to Les Paul, and Inspiration Goes to Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, and Bob Proctor. Also, we have a website, and you can subscribe to this podcast. You can even send us a video, audio, or text message. But of course, you'll have to head to the show notes, either on your phone or on the web, to actually get links and stuff. Finally, you can find us on Podmatch, where we consider guests for this pod, as well as consider guesting on other people's pods. And really, finally, the music for A Choice Voice comes from the song Piano Background by Nick Simon Adams on freesound.org.